Hey scholars, I'm reading page 204 to 232. Almost done. Running away. I wait till Ganwar falls asleep. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in a place where my words taste wrong in my mouth. I don't want to live in a place where candy for a kind girl makes people angry and every year the trees must die. I want to be in a place where the things I love and know are there within my reach. But where is that place? My aunt says I can find sun when the sky is dark, but she's wrong. I can't see what isn't there. I check the jar where I keep my pay from Lou. I have a handful of green papers and four silver washing machine coins. With such riches, I can run far away to places I've seen on the TV machine, although it will mean a lot of walking. Maybe I can go to Washington to the president's house and ask him to help find Mama. I know two buses, the bus to the grocery store and the mall, and the one to Lou's farm. I will take the bus that comes to the bus stop first. And then at least I will be on my way. I would like to leave a note so that my aunt and Ganwar and Hannah won't worry about me. But I don't yet know how to write many words. Ganwar snores softly. I leave half the green papers on the sofa. I write my name on a scrap of paper. I make a heart shape like the one I gave Hannah. I get my jacket and I go. Turn the page. Page 206. Bus. The evening air is cool and damp. I take the first bus that comes the route that goes past Lou's. I put my coins in the hungry metal mouth beside the driver. The bus jerks and I grab a pole. How far does this bus go, I ask? To the airport, he says. The airport, I repeat, with the flying boats? The driver gives me a strange look. Sit down, kid. I think about this important news as I take a seat. For the first time, I wonder if I could go back home. I have my green money papers, after all. I could fly to my home and find my mother myself. That is what a good son would do. I think of the vastness of my country. I think of the camp, the guns, the blood. I wonder if flying back home would be like the time I tried to fly from the top of the acacia tree. The bus is nearly empty. We pass many buildings and take many turns. And then we are on a big street I know well. In the soft light, I see familiar places. The gas stations, the empty lots, the cars for sale, with bright lights on a string overhead like captured stars. Okay, page. This is an ugly land, I think. It needs endless horizons and emptiness. Here, too, many buildings block the sky. You can't even watch the sun. You put on its bright pajamas and sink into bed. We're coming close to lose. I feel bad not to have said my thank yous and goodbyes and to have shouted at Lou in anger. In my old home, where death sneaks into your home in the hush of a night, goodbyes were a precious thing. How can I miss a place of such pain, I wonder? It doesn't make sense. And yet there it is. What I miss is the time before the pain. I miss Mama and Luol and listening to my father sing a laughing song. In the moonlight, I see the first old grade fence with boards on the gate. Ganwar and I had fixed. I see Lou's house, the trees with its great brown arms outstretched, the sagging barn. I see Gold too. She's in the field alone, staring out at the road. I touch the window and then, I don't know why, I yell for the driver to stop. Turn the page. 210. Shreed. By the time I'm over the fence, Gull has spotted me. She trudges over, slow but determined, like an old woman looking, longing for her grandchild's embrace. When we reach each other, I put my head on her neck. You should be in the barn, I say. I peer over her to see if Lou is, in, is outside. The sky is rich with stars, like fresh black dirt sprinkled with tiny seeds. The moon hangs low, a cupped hand of silver water. Gold nudges me. I know this means she wants an ear scratch, so I do as I'm told. Tears warm my cheeks. 
A door slams. I see Lou heading to the barn. I crouch low beside Gull. I don't want Lou to see me crying. She will be coming to get Gull, and I must hide. The field is empty. There's nowhere to go but the big tree. I dash over and clamber up easily. It's a good climbing tree. High up in the tangle of branches, I watch the cars charge by like a herd of panicked animals. Gull looks up at me, wondering why her ear scratches over. She heads slowly in the direction of the tree. I wipe my nose on my sleeve. No, I say softly. Go away, Gull. She settles in under the tree and stares up at me like a motherless puppy. I'm so high I should be able to see forever. In the starlight, I imagine if I try hard enough, I can see my family's thatched hut, my father's sharp-horned cattle, the tree where I learned I'm not meant to be a bird. Go away, I whisper. I'm going to be here for a long time. Page 213, Gunwar. I have been in the tree forever when I hear a bus screech to a stop. Far across the field, I can just make out a tall figure climbing down the bus stairs. Gunwar leaps over the fence and strides across the field. He's heading toward the barn, but then he stops. He looks at Gull. He looks up into the branches of my tree, and he laughs. Please don't tell me you're trying to fly again, he says. How did you find me here, I ask in a loud whisper. I woke up when you shut the door. I watched from the window when you got on the bus, and I took the next one. Why, I demand. Gunwar shrugs. Don't know exactly, but it was worth it just to see you stuck up there. Using his good hand in one graceful move, he climbs up to join me. I don't want company, I say. He ignores me. So you're running away? I'm trying to. Where to? Maybe I'm going home to find Mama. Gunwar nods. Do you think that's what she would want? It's what a man would do, I say. Gunwar rubs his chin. Hmm. What if she's already on her way here? I rub my eyes. Suddenly I feel tired. If I lie back on this branch, I feel I could fall asleep for a week. I'm not used to making so many decisions. I'm not used to so many changes. In my old world, I was just Keck, the silly boy. I was Luol's little brother, Gunwar's troublesome cousin, my parents' mischievous child. And that was all, and that was enough. I sigh. There are too many hard things, I say softly. I can barely hear my own words. It isn't fair. I just want, I want everything I lost. Gunwar rubs the place where his hand should be. I look away. I don't want to think about that, about what he has lost. Maybe I'll come with you, Gunwar says. No, I say firmly. You stay. But it will be ne never be right for me here, Keck. I have this. He holds up his stump of an arm. And I have the gar. It's worse for me. I'll never fit in. If you're giving up, why shouldn't I? I don't answer him. But when I look at Gonwar's arm, I think of how he leapt into the tree like it was his only home. And how he does all the work I do with just one good hand to help him. I remember something my mama used to say on dark days. If you can talk, you can sing. If you can walk, you can dance. Gonwar, I whisper. What if she never comes? What if she never comes? What if it's only me? I can't do it all by myself. Gonwar sends me a sad smile. My cousin, he says, you already are. Turn the page, page 218. Talk. I hear the crunch of someone walking. Lou comes out of the barn. Goal, she says, what are you up to, old girl? Slowly, Lou makes her way over. She follows Goal's gaze up into the tree. My, my, she says, this may be the first time in history a cow has treed two boys. We climb down slowly. When I get to the bottom, Gold nudges me again. She wants her ear scratched to continue. I force myself to meet Lou's eyes. Moonlight glints on her silver hair like ice on snow. I'm sorry, I say, for being angry with you. It isn't your fault about the farm. Lou smiles. Come on, you two. I could use a hand. We head toward the barn. Goal follows. 
Kind yellow light spills from the house. Lou and Gonoir and I stand there in the silent barn, stroking Gull and waiting. After a while, I help Lou toss some fresh hay into Gull's stall. How'd you end up in my tree this evening? Lou finally asks. I don't want to say the truth, but when Lou looks right at you, you cannot make up stories. I'm running away, I say. I see. Lou thinks about this for a moment. Want a cookie before you go? I think, I think too. A cookie would not be such a bad thing. Chocolate, I ask? Yep. I follow Lou and Gonoir into the house. It might be a long time before I see chocolate again. Page 221, Changes. I take a handful of cookies to show my gratitude. Lou sits across from us at the kitchen table. The light spreads gentle shadows. So you're running away, Lou says. That's a mighty big job. I watch while Lou gets us glasses of milk. On top of the cold box, there is a picture in a frame. I see a pretty woman smiling. A man has his arm around her. He is tall and proud. Behind the woman is a small tree. Lou follows my gaze. That's me, she says, a very long time ago. And my husband, Robert. And that tree is the one you two just climbed. I stare at the picture, then back at Lou. I if I try very hard and think once upon a time, I think maybe I can find that young woman in her face. I imagine a time when the barn didn't sag and the cattle were many and strong and hope grew fast as flowers and good earth. I imagine Lou saying goodbye soon to this place that has been her home for so long, to live in a world with no snows and no cows. Lou pulls down another picture. This is my sister, the one in L.A., she says. She has a little yard. I suppose I could plant some vegetables there. You can grow things year-round. She stares at the picture. Imagine that. I spot a tiny seed of something fine sprouting in Lou's eyes. My heart is glad to see it. I remember my aunt's words. Keck finds sun when the sky is dark. That was easy to do when I was a child in my life before. It's not so easy when the clouds are low and black. I wonder if finding the sun is one way to be a man. I drink my milk. The clock ticks. Ganoir and Lou are watching me. I know it would be better to wait for Mama here, I say at last. Lou and Ganoir nod. They don't say anything. I guess I should come back to work until you have to leave, I add. That would be great, Lou says. I know Gull would like that. She could use more attention, Ganoir says. That cow does love a good ear scratch, Lou agrees. She's good for petting, I say. And leaning on, Ganoir adds, she's a very unusual cow, Lou says. Another idea comes into my head, like a new friend knocking at the door. Sometimes I very much like my brain, I say. What do you mean, Ganoir asks. I smile. I think maybe I just found some sun for gold. Page 225, part four. Page 227, herding. When, Sunday, when Saturday comes, Lou is waiting for Ganoir and Hannah and me in the barn. She sips at her coffee mug. I just wish my trailer hitch hadn't rusted out, she said. We'll be fine, I tell her. Hannah is wearing her school backpack. I brought a map in case we get lost, she says, and some candy bars and water. It's a long way, Lou says in a worried voice. There's a lot of traffic. She shakes her head. I probably shouldn't be letting you do this. You probably don't have a choice, Gunmar says with a laugh. Maybe I should call ahead and explain things, Lou says. Sometimes it's better just to walk up to the door and ask, I say. Lou grins. All right, then, let's get this show on the road. She gives Gull a kiss. See ya, girl. It's been a good ride. I take Gull's halter and off we go. The sun is a steady hand on our shoulders. We walk along the side of the busy road for many steps. Gull and me, then Hannah behind us, then Ganoir. When cars race by, they suck the air away. A huge truck grumbles past. Gull doesn't like the whoosh and roar. She stops hard and refuses to go on. I pull and she pulls back. 
She hates being so close to the traffic, I say. I pat Goal and talk to her, and after a while, she agrees to move on. Good girl, I say, relieved. But up ahead, I see trouble is waiting. 2.30, traffic jam. We reach a crossing of two roads. Many lights hang from wires. Cars come and go like frantic ants. Don't worry, Gonwar says. I'll tell you when it's safe. He turns to Hannah. You sure this is the right way? Pretty sure, she answers. Gonwar watches the lights, then steps into the road. A blue car zooms toward him, horn blaring. He leaps back. He waits a little longer, then Gonwar dives back into the traffic. Come on, he waves his hand, and hurry. We cross three lanes of cars and come to a thin strip of land covered with grass and tiny purple flowers. We've still got three more lanes, Gonwar says, but Gol has decided that purple flowers are a tasty treat. She grazes happily while I yank on her harness. Hannah pushes Gol's rump. Come on, girl, Gonwar cries. The light turns yellow. Hurry, Hannah yells. Gol glances up to see what all the noise is about. She chomps down one last bite. Then she ambles out into the road. The light turns red. We are in the middle of a sea of cars. Honking and shouting hurts our ears. Gol looks at me, as if to say, why is everyone in such a hurry? I pull. Hannah and Gonwar push, and nobody moves. Gol has come to a stop. And so has all the traffic.